Good morning, Block, Block Talk, Talk Radio. Radio. Good morning, Block Talk Radio listeners. We're here to share God's word with you. I'm Brother Plum, along with Sister Wanda and God's sacred word. We are here to share God's truth with you. Let me open with prayer. Dear Father, we approach your throne of grace with confidence, not because of any or deserve, but because we have been justified through the death of your Son. May our daily walk testify to the world that we have been justified and reconciled to you. To our masters, most gracious Father, we just truly love you and we need you. We thank you for this time that we can present God's word to the listeners, to the public listeners, and we just ask that you would just lead God and direct and protect us from all hurt, harm, and danger. And we just ask that God that you do what only you can do with our lives and with you. In Jesus' precious name, we do pray. Welcome back, uh, Blog Talk Radio listeners. Indeed, we do thank God, along with Minister Joel Lewis and Granny Slate, for the opportunity of allowing us to come on your radio station show with our Bible study, God's Sacred Word. You can find us on Facebook at PT God First, Answers, Comments, and more. And everybody is welcome. So let's get started with our Bible study. I will discuss chapters 18 through 22, and Brother Plum will discuss chapters 23 through 28. As you recall, Paul was one of the most important apostles in the mid-30s to the mid-50s who founded many churches in Asia Minor and Europe. Uh, He used his advantage as both a Jew and Roman citizen, to minister to both of them. Ten out of 27 books in the New Testament and seven of the epistles are said to be written by Paul. So basically, Paul and his companions were traveling both back and forth. They were spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, which some of them accepted and some of them didn't, and some of them wanted Paul dead because, in their mind, he was teaching against the Jewish law. On his journey, he leaves Athens and he comes to Corinth, which was a political and a commercial center in Greece, where nearly all traffic between the north and southern Greece, it had many travelers. And it's here that he took up with the married couple, Aquila and Priscilla, who were traveling because Carius had run all the Jews out of Rome. There was the three of them in the business of tent making, and they all believed in Jesus Christ. They began to work and travel together, spreading the gospel. And when Paul was in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, teaching God's word to the Jews and Gentiles, Silas and Timothy comes to Corinth, and the Holy Spirit compelled Paul to speak to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. Jews rejected his teaching. And when they did this, Paul shook his clothing and told them that the blood was on their heads, 
were blaspheming the Lord, and he told them that um, he would give the words to the Gentiles because they didn't want to accept it. So he went next door to Justice House, who worshiped God along with uh, Christopher, the ruler of the synagogue, who all believed that Jesus was Christ. And many of the Corinthians believed, and they were baptized. Then Paul had a vision, told not to be afraid because God had his back, and no one would hurt him. And Paul stayed there for about a year and six months. Then the Jews rose up against Paul and took him to the judgment seat. Now, the judgment seat was a large raised stone platform in the marketplace, and it was in front of the post post Suns house where he tried uh, public places and the Jews told him that Paul's teachings was against the laws. But he told them that Paul hadn't broken any laws and he made them leave. So then the Greek, the ruler of the synagogue before the judgment seat and uh Galileo looked the other way because he told them to handle their own business affairs. They were Jews. He didn't want anything to do with that. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a while. Then him, Aquila, and Priscilla sailed to Syria and then to Ephesus where he left Aquila and Priscilla and he went in the synagogue and he reasoned with the Jews and they invited him to stay, but he declined because he was trying to make it to the feast in Jerusalem. He left Ephesus, and he ended up in uh, Korea, where he greeted the church, and then he went on down to Antioch, and he was strengthening all the disciples there. And there was an eloquent man named Apollos, who came to Ephesus, teaching of the baptism of John the Baptist, and Aquila and Priscilla were there, and since he didn't know about the teaching of the Holy Spirit, they taught him. And he became baptized with the Holy Spirit. And in chapter 19, Paul comes to Ephesus and finds even more disciples who had the water baptism only. And they didn't know anything about the spiritual baptism. So Paul laid his hands on them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in tongues, and they prophesied. And when him and his disciples would depart from them, and he continued for two years in Asia, spreading the gospel to the Jews and the Gentiles. And in Acts 19:11 through 20, he speaks of them taking uh, Paul's clothes them, and they would lay them on the sick, and the sick would be healed, and an evil spirit would go out of them. So some of the Jews tried to cast out demons by using Jesus and Paul's name, but it didn't work. And the evil spirits told them that Jesus and Paul, they knew, but they didn't know them. And recognizing that they didn't have any authority over them, the demons rejected their attempt to uh, cast them out from their victims. And this was confirmation that Jesus and his disciples only had power to cast out demons. 
And the demons had them running out the house naked, and they were wounded because they had beat them. So the word of God prevailed, and it grew mighty. And this was known to all the Jews and Gentiles, and it made believers out of them. And then there came the issue of the goddess Diana, which the Ephesian uh, silversmiths were afraid that they would become poor because of Paul's teaching. And they protested, and they seized some of Paul's companions. And then later on, this blew over. And Paul departs to Macedonia, then to Greece, and he stayed three months along with his uh, traveling companions. And he went to Taurus, where a young man was listening to Paul, and he fell asleep, and he fell out the window, and they believed him to be dead. And Paul restored his life, and the man lived on. And in chapter 20, Paul started making confessions to the elders in Ephesus about living his life for Christ and leaving instructions on how they should live. And they wept because it sounds like uh, Paul was making like a death plea, like he was getting ready to die and he was leaving them instructions what to do. So again, Paul sets out on another journey, journey after journey, and it's written in 21, 1-8. More than once, Paul was told not to go to Jerusalem because the Jews would try to kill him. Even a prophet came and told him not to go. And Paul just said that did better because he wasn't afraid to die boarded a ship, and went anyway to Jerusalem. And in chapter 21, 25 through 36, Paul was arrested in the temple, and it, as it was predicted to him that it was going to happen. And the Jews drug him out the temple and proceeded to beat him to death until the authorities came. And they bounded Paul with chains and took him to jail. And Paul asked to speak to the mob, and it was granted him. And he told them who he was in chapter 22. But that didn't matter. The people with loud voices said he should be dead. He wasn't fit to live, which is in verse 22. So when they were getting ready to beat him with the whip, he spoke and told them he was a Roman. And they stopped because Roman citizens were brutal methods of interrogation. Now, Brother Plum is going to come and tell you the rest of the story. And the next voice you will hear will be that of Brother Plum. Here again, Paul was always under persecution. Everywhere he went, they were always trying to kill him because they said he was preaching, as they say, Jesus Christ, and they didn't want to hear that. They wanted him obligated to the temple and their idol God. But they say, Paul was steadfast in his belief, and he emphasized this everywhere he went. And as I just say, and I mean, even in his road to Damascus experience, God enlightened him and said, I want you to be my disciple for the Gentiles. I want you to share that word. And as I said, the important thing was Paul was an educated man. He was the only individual that could 
been able to speak to kings, all the Pharisees and Sadducees and all the governmental officials at that particular time because he was truly a Roman, but as you say, he understood them precisely because he was a Pharisee. As a matter of fact, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. In 23, said Paul earnestly beheld the council. Here again, he went to, went to the Jerusalem council because they said they were having description about what the Jews had to go, as you were, what the Gentiles had to go through, become Christians. And I said they had a whole lot of stipulations, a whole lot of ordinances that they said that they had to go through in order to become a Christian. And in that particular time, it was Judaism. They weren't Judaism. But Paul was emphasizing the point of Christ, placing all the emphasis on the finished work of Jesus Christ. And I say they, again, man always has a way of doing what they want to do at that particular time. And as I say they emphasize the point that uh, we want you to do this, we want you to do that. But as I say, even the Jews were not doing it. So why would they want to place these extra burdens on the Gentiles? But that was just one of the one of the ways in which they wanted to emphasize that they were God's elect, put it that way. But you have to go on with, you know, with the program, I say, but Paul was always manifesting Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, and he was truly, truly a zealot in that regard, and said everywhere he went, he shared Jesus Christ. And I say, 23 said, you had all kinds of conspiracies against Paul. I said, everywhere he went, I said earlier, they were trying to kill him. And as I say, all kinds of disagreements came up, but as I say, it was always against Paul and his teaching. And he emphasized the point that he didn't ever teach anything wrong. He was just relaying to him what does say the Lord. And I say, they just failed to realize that this is what, we as individuals, that we as as disciples should be doing. But as I said, they tried to accost him in any and every way. And as a matter of fact, they the crowd gathered around him trying to basically trying to kill him. But fortunately he captain saw what was going on and they went and drew Paul away from the crowd, as a matter of fact. They were Paul's savior from that instance. Because they said they secured him and got him in a safe spot and were trying to, here again, save him from the public. And as I said, they were doing what they had to do. And as a matter of fact, they put him in jail here again. But that was always his thing. He was always being brought before some council of some sort to try to eliminate him. They were trying to bring up any and every kind of charge to, to kill him. But that was not to be done. God had told him that he would keep him safe from all hurt, harm, and danger and deliver him to Rome. And I said he had no idea, no concept as to how he would get there, knowing all the trials and tribulations that he had to go through. But as I say, while in, in prison at this time, I said Paul was before Felix. I said Felix was, uh, a, uh, well, I said he was a governor. That's a name, Tertullius. Tertullius was, as I say, the first element that we have as a lawyer for hire. He would say anything or do anything 
for pay. If you paid him, he would do whatever it has. That's relevant to us in our society, meaning if you got money, you can buy a lawyer, and he will get you off. Whereas if you're poor, don't have any money, you're going to do some time. But as I say, if you got money, you're in a whole different ball game. You're able to do and get away with blood and murder. But as I say, the police began to accuse Mercenary speech is here reported, and it is made up of flattery, falsehoods, and called evil good and good evil. Here again, that's relevant to this day and time. They're able to do that. They'll change everything to fit them and their benefit. I said we as a society is going through that right now. The tourists began to accuse him. He opened information against Paul and will say anything for his feet. As I said before, that's just the way he was. He to flattery or butt up Felix. He said, we accept it always and in all price, places, everywhere and at all times, we embrace it. We admire it, most holy most noble Felix, in all thankfulness, we will be ready upon any occasion to witness for you that you are a wise and good governor and very serviceable through the town, through the country. But here again, it was just smooth mouth, yeah, well, the smooth mouth individual, the smooth mouthpiece, as it were. This was his thing, I said, for the right feet. We can get you off regardless of the charges. And here again, it was just that way. He said he was always looking for the dollar. He said, for the dollar, I'll get you off. And he said, anyway, he commanded his accused here again. He did what he had to do to try and kill Paul. But as he said, Tertullius was, in spite of his liquid mouth, as it were, or a smooth mouth, he was not, here again, not able to get the job done. Because, as you say, there is a power that's greater than any smooth mouth lawyer that you may have. God is in charge, though. And as you said, if he told him that you're going to get to Rome, that's where he's going to get. He's going to get to Rome, regardless of what what's going on or how it goes on. But as you say, he had to suffer a whole lot in the process. But as you say, when Phoenix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, he deferred them and said, when Lysus, son of Captain, should come down, I will know the utmost for your matter. Here again, they were trying to, since Paul was going to Rome, they were just trying to give up or write up a list of charges so that he could be charged and possibly put to death. But as you say, in spite of all the accusations, all the false accusations brought against him, they were not able to come up with anything that was sufficient. So as time went on, okay, they still didn't do anything for him, and he was still willing to go to Rome. But after two years, Porcius Festus 
came into Felix's room, and Felix, willing to show the Jews pleasure, left Paul bound here again, but here again, and still wasn't able to find any charges that will suffice. 25, it says, Paul before Festus. Okay, Festus and Bernice. Yeah, they finally rolled into town, and it was always something to be had. And I said, they were, people were telling him, said, we're still trying to come up with some charges against Paul, and it's not, we're still not willing to do so. Said, but Felix, willing to do Jews a pleasure, answered Paul and said, Will thou go up to Jerusalem and there be judged by these things before me? Then said Paul, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat, where I ought to be judged. To the Jews have I done no wrong, and thou wilt well know it. For if I be an offender, or have committed anything worthy of death, I refuse not to die. But if there be none of these things that wherefore accuse me, to man may deliver me unto them. I appeal to Caesar. Here again, he's taking a higher power, said, I don't believe. And you can't prove anything that you're bringing against me, so I appear to Caesar. So here again, this is another destination to get to Rome. That's here again his final destination because God told him you will get to Rome. And I said, Paul beat that charge, as they say, but he everybody was passing him on. It was called passing the buck, as it were. Said he left out of Felix, Festus, and now King Agrippa coming up on the scene. Paul before Agrippa. I said, and Agrippa said unto Paul. Thou permitted to speak for them for thyself. And Paul stretched forth his hands and answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know that experts in all customs and are among the Jews. Wherefore, I beseech thee to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among my own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, and they would testify. And after the most greatest sect of our religion. I live for Pharisees, and now I stand on judgment for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto whom promise our twelve tribes instantly serve God day and night, hope to come, for which hope, sake. King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should I be thought? Why should I be through the things incredible with you? That God should raise the dead. 
I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, when things I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did, I shut up, did I shut up, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they went, when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled by their blasphemy and being exceedingly mad against them. I persecuted them even unto straight, strange cities. And upon, said, whereupon, I went to the masters with authority and commission from, the, from their priests. At midday, I saw the way of light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining around about me and them which journeyed with me. Here again, this is for the manifestation of the road to the master's experience. We know that uh, Paul truly saw the light on that road. And I said he was truly converted at that moment. I said it was an instant thing, but it's a continuum that he was be the disciples of the Gentiles at that. And I said he didn't have, quote, unquote, the religious form of education, but he was a very educated man, and he was studying under the, you know, the, the great teacher of Gamaliel, and he was a student of the law, that he knew all about that. But I said on his voice wrong, that he became shipwrecked, and, you know, he told all the prisoners on the thing, he said, don't, don't leave the ship. As long as you're with the ship, you will be saved, but if you leave, you will probably die. But that's it. This is just another one of Paul's many experiences being shipwrecked, beaten, in prison, and all these hassles that he had to go through in order, to, in order that he might make his final destination was to Rome. And I said he truly finally made it to Rome in spite of all the shortcomings that he had to go through, changing ships and going through storms and all these other things, but as I said, he finally got there. And then here again, in Rome, it says, and when they escaped, they went on to the island called Melita, okay? And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. For they kindled the fire and received us everyone because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when here again, in this particular situation, it says, Paul was picking up kindling for the fire, and I said, a snake bit him. And as I said, it hung on to him, and they falsely accused here again of Paul, said he must have been a criminal of some sort because even the snake bit him. But the thing is, he didn't die for the snake bite. Ordinarily, anybody bitten by these snakes would have died instantly. It's just, just that bad. And then he said, here again, Paul escaped. Not escape, but they said they finally left Miletus and went on that journey and going to Rome and preaching accordingly. But as you say, it's just mere phenomenal that Paul was ordered and told that he would finally get to Rome. But in Rome, he would die. But I say that was his journey. And I said Paul was sure again beheaded in Rome. But 
say, let me close in prayer. We want to thank you for time. I said, truly, we are only vessels, and he is the content. We are stewards, and he is the master. We are ambassadors. He is the king. We are sinners. He is the savior. We are voice. He is the words. Everything our lives should point others to Jesus so they may respond to this gospel. We want to thank you for your time, and we just love you, and have a good day. Have a good week. In Jesus' name, we just love you. Thank you kindly. Enjoy your week off, and we'll see you again November 6th in the Book of Romans. Uh, don't forget to visit our website at Peace Keep God First on Facebook. Thank you. Bye-bye.